BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you're having a great day. I hope that all of your hopes and dreams come true on this Tuesday morning, afternoon, night, or whenever you're listening to this. Hope you're having a very slay day and having lucky girl syndrome in your bones. I hope you caught the lucky girl syndrome. I know we did. (laughs) Um, Oh, I just got back from Pilates and I had the weirdest experience. What? I think I had my first ever actual intrusive thought. Really? Ever? Wow. Uh, Well, no, I have intrusive thoughts. But this was a physical. I was I was on the reformer. Mm-hmm. This girl started walking towards me, and she was going to the bathroom because yeah. I was like near the bathroom door, and I just had the thought. I'm like, what if she just punched me in the face? Like, and it felt so real. I was like, because she was just like walking towards me, and I was yeah. like, what if this girl just like <laughs> comes up and punches me in the face? What would I do? And then she like walked past me. Obviously, went to the bathroom, and I was like. What a weird thought. Why would I think that? She wasn't even looking. I thought you were going to say you wanted to punch her. Oh, no. Oh. But I was like prepping for like, what would I do? Like, what like, I would I put your hands literally up? as she walks like, by? Stop. She's like, are you okay? She's like, you're a freak. No, but it was a weird thought. I was like, wait, I've literally never had a thought. Really? Like that. Wow. Yeah. You're anyway. lucky. You really are a lucky girl. <laughs> What's it like to never have intrusive thoughts? No, I mean, I have like, <laughs> like, what would you consider an intrusive thought? Like, what's a common one that you would have? Driving, uh, I feel like the most classic is driving down the road and you see like a tree or something. You're like, what if I just. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I've had. Those and you're like, sure. okay, you have to like almost shake it. Like, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've had that. That was like one of the only ones though where it wasn't like me doing something. It's like, what if this person just came up oh, and did this? Yeah, to me? yeah, yeah. And it's like, why would they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have nothing, no experience that would make me scared of that. That's never happened to me. Oh, I'm, that actually is the worst. I've had that multiple times. I mean, the only time I've ever experienced it is like, sure, like a scary man yeah. in the grocery store, me thinking, oh my gosh, what if he did this? But I'm just saying, like, where it feels like it's actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It was so 100%. weird. If she knew I thought that, she'd probably be like, are you okay? <laughs> Literally like a sweet angel just walked into the bathroom in her Pilates princess outfit. Literally. Anyway, what have you been up to? Not much. I literally, we were just, before we started recording this, we're like, what did we do this week? And both of us had a legit brain fart moment. So I was like, I can't remember a single thing I've done in the last week. I have been watching The Amazing Race. I'm That's so happy. Have you watched a bunch of the seasons? Uh, not a bunch of them, but I've seen... I don't know how many seasons they are, but I've seen many seasons. Okay, so here's my takeaway. I'm only halfway through, or I'm towards the end of one of the seasons. And it was, it's like supposedly one of the best. I looked up the list of the best. Oh, you watch an old season? Yeah, it's like probably eight years old or something. Who's on it? Well, I need Is to there like an older what? couple? Not older, no. but like in uh, Bethany 40s. Hamilton's on it. She's the one with one arm. She's oh. the surfer who yeah. got her arm no, bitten off by a that. shark. She's literally a beast. It's yeah. crazy. I have a bone to pick with the show, though. Okay. So here, here's my thoughts. I'm I love it. Like I every night I want to watch an episode it's or so two. Good. Like I'm so invested. I love it. However, I hate all the contestants. All, really? I I actually like Bethany and her guy. They're cute and like sweet. Liv and I were talking about it. We're like they're literally all so unlikable. Like I'm not really? rooting for. Like, I kind of am rooting for some of them, but it, it's almost like because I think the difference, obviously Survivor and The Amazing Race are very different shows in general, but I also think one of the main differences, and maybe we just haven't gotten to this point yet, 
is that they don't show us any like real moments or anything about them personally. So I'm not connected to any of them. Hmm. I don't care about Wait, literally really? any of them. Yes, like it never tells me their background or like, oh, they grew up here. They went through this. Like, I know nothing about any of them and I'm almost done with the season. And I'm like, I don't really? care who wins. Like, you guys are all not even likable to me because I know nothing about you. Interesting. And I feel like that's not normal. Like, uh, the seasons I watch, I feel like I always know about them. Really? Yeah, the season I watched, one of the guys was like in prison, like wrongfully convicted. The other one was like a YouTuber couple. Like, I swear they've given us no personal details. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I know what they do because they all have like the names. It's like, oh, the yeah. cyclists, the surfers or whatever. So like, I kind of know a little bit about them, but I feel like there's never Maybe they like, don't do like a deep dive or something. Yeah. And also the host, <laughs> Leif pointed this out to me and now I cannot unhear it. He's like, the cadence of this guy's voice is actually making me so mad. And, and I'm like, what do you mean? He rewinded it. I was stunned. <laughs> I was stunned. He oh, goes, great. Now I'm going to, I'm going to hear it. He's like, oh, I wish I had an example. They're like, he'll, he'll be like, it's weird because you can't notice it until you like really focus on it. But he'll be like, the contestants have gone backwards and da 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 da. Like he'll pause in weird spots that you should not pause when you're saying a sentence. And it's freaking weird. And he does it every hmm. time. He'll while be like, he's talking in person or like a voiceover? While he's talking to the camera, like explaining the next oh. clue or something. So he'll be like, the contestants will fly across the globe. Like the way the <laughs> sentence goes, I'm like, I'm going to freak out. Great. Now the amazing race is ruined. Anyway, I, so those are my, but that being said, I know it sounds like I hate the show. But I'm really <laughs> actually invested and I do want to know who wins. And I love watching all the challenges and stuff. Like it's very fun. But yeah, I'm comparing cool. it to Survivor, like Survivor, 100%. Over yeah. It. yeah, 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 definitely. Amazing Race would be uh, an easier show to be on, I think because it, the physical aspect's not as hard. Yeah. But Amazing Race is like one in, once in a lifetime experience. It also, though, some of those challenges look so hard. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Wow. One time they had to search for a freaking key under a rock and there were literally thousands of rocks and they were there for hours. I would have literally I would lose died. my mind. I would have passed away they... from impatience. Oh my gosh. They do so many challenges that are just like, yeah. But they, they are take amazing hours. too. Yeah. That's why they call it the amazing yeah, race. It is really cool. No, it, it's very cool. I, I mean, I Tyson like it. Tyson and Jose should go on there. I would die for that. They would be so fun. They would be so entertaining. Is it, Is the amazing race still going too? I don't know. I think so. I'm sure it is. Maybe I should watch more recent seasons. Mm. But the one I'm watching is supposedly one of like one of the top best ones. I mean, it's, again, it's very entertaining. I like it. Yeah. I've been um, back on my Survivor grind. Really? You're watching mm -hmm. different season? Yeah. The, I'm I'm watching all the seasons I haven't watched. I think now I only haven't watched two seasons. Mm. And I think they're literally the seasons you've seen. <laughs> really? I Because I don't think I've watched the season you were telling me about that you watched like a couple years ago. I think it's like, I don't think it's on Hulu. I wouldn't know unless I... Honestly, I probably wouldn't even know unless I saw their faces. Yeah, but I've literally watched almost... Tyson was asking... Wait, were we talking about this on his... I was on his podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about it. And he's like, oh, what are they? Like 40 scenes? I'm like, yeah, I've seen them all. <laughs> he's like, I was exaggerating. But, you know, when you're sick and laying down, that's all you can do. Yeah. When I was pregnant, that's what I watched. Oh, it's the best show. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's really your it. life update also. You went to LA and did the pod. Oh, yeah. I was on Tyson's podcast, except for... He said, stop calling him Tyson in public because oh my people gosh, are going to get stop. confused. <laughs> and it's so hard <laughs> to remember to call him Ty. He's like, because no. what if people search Tyson? That's so unnatural for me. I know. I never call him Ty. Very rarely. Sorry, Ty. <gasps> oh, Ew, it's sounding weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ty French at the Ty French podcast. <laughs> Very sorry. His apartment's so cute, though. It makes me want to literally redo my entire house. Oh, it's so cute. If anybody has any interior design tips at all, send them my <laughs> way. It's not a strong point for me. I can tell Cold you that jelly. much. It literally just makes her work for me. <laughs> like, hey, I have a job for you. <laughs> You'll be getting paid nothing. <laughs> I think I'm painting one of the walls in my house. Really? Yeah. See, that's what I've been thinking about doing. The one behind my like couch. Oh, yeah. What color? My mom said that she would. I don't know what te uh, technique. 
heisened it on his walls mm-hmm. if it's similar. But my mom has done like a bunch of different types of like that yeah. painting. And there's like a few different methods or paint. I don't know. But I, it's like this very muted, like earthy, like greenish. Cute. But I was like, I feel like I will really kind of bring up. everything together. Yeah. But it's so hard when you rent a house to know what what the line is of like what's worth it because I don't know how much I mean we're gonna be there for at least another eight months or something even if we did move and I don't know that we will we'd probably be there for an additional year so I'm like maybe it is worth it to just paint the wall you know yeah I know that's what I've been thinking in our in the nursery I've really been wanting to do wallpaper and I found this cute wallpaper but I'm like just thinking ahead for future Chelsea's sake do I want to take this wallpaper off the wall you should get the kind that's like stick and peel or whatever. Yeah. Like no, you but don't I couldn't find to... like a cute the ones that I want are like Actual real wallpaper, wallpaper. But also my walls are textured. Yeah. It's just been I've done nothing for it. I but know, I've been thinking about it. I've been scheming on my iPad about it. <laughs> scheming for hours. That's one life update. Actually, I got a Kindle. Oh, I'm so excited. I've read 9% right. of a book so far. Oh, I thought you were going to say nine books. I was like, you're joking. Like I've read nine books. <laughs> What book? No, it's called Simplicity Simplicity Parenting. Is that what Amber recommended? Yes. And I saw Kristen was reading it too. And I've been wanting to read it. It's been on like one of my parenting books list for a while. So I started reading it and great. I love it. I will literally do anything Amber tells me to do. Same. If she jumps off a cliff, I will also jump. Yes, I will be there. I'll be there to catch her. Same. <laughs> With my body. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So it's pretty good so far. Again, I'm only 9% into it, but every time I start like a self-help book, two pages and I'm like, this book is it. so good. True. I don't even get to the meat of it yet, but anyways, that's all. Nice. To, well, I mean, I have another life to update, but it's the entire point of this episode, so. Perfect. Let's dive on in. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're doing, honestly, we, sh- we should issue a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode because we are going to be talking about diet culture, potentially eating disorders, like a lot of different topics like that. So if any of that is like not the vibe for you right now, maybe this episode's not the, the, not best. the move. Just want to put that out there at the beginning. Do you want to start us off? We're, we, Chelsea and I talk about this topic a lot, I feel like, just yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those topics that's scary to publicly talk about because I just feel like it's a sensitive yeah. subject. So personal. And it's very personal. 100%. I think diet culture and food and just your relationship with food is so personal and it's so complex. So it's very hard to simplify into like, you know, taglines, even a one whole podcast episode. It's like, I have so many thoughts. And the other thing is, is it's always changing. Like it's always evolving. What I thought five years ago is not what I think today. So it's like, it's even hard to put what you think out there knowing that it probably will continue to change. But you know, that's, shouldn't stop you from doing anything just because you know you're going to change. That's the point of life. So. Yeah, it's inevitable. I think I definitely disagree with so many things I probably have said in this podcast mm-hmm. from five years ago. Yeah. Like I don't have the same mindset at all anymore, you know? So yeah, yeah, you can't let that deter you from sharing your current feelings and thoughts. Definitely. That being said, I last year kind of had like this moment of thinking about my diet. And if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that I've been vegan for like almost eight years. And this the last like six months, I like pretty much my entire adulthood, I was thinking about it because I it was like 2015. So I was what, like 19 or something when I started becoming like strictly vegan. And I was strictly vegan. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I do mostly vegan. And I realized last year that I had, you know, I was deconstructing a lot about my life. And I realized I had like such an attachment to this diet. I was actually listening to this podcast episode. It was called The Plant Proof Podcast by Simon Hill. It's a great podcast. It's like about veganism and plant-based diets and stuff. But he had a um, lady on who was uh, like a really educated dietitian, nutritionist, and she'd been vegan for a long time as well. But she was talking about how a lot of people who follow a vegan diet, they use it as a guarantee to perfect health and they use it almost as like a crutch and they're very attached to the idea that that's like perfection almost. And I had this moment when I was listening to it because when I was listening to the episode, a lot of times I felt like when I was listening to nutrition advice, 
I would listen to a lot of like plant-based. I would never listen to like a podcast episode about a ketogenic diet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just like trying to affirm what I already believe, which, you know, everyone does. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But when she she said that, I was like, and she was saying a lot of vegans like falsely believe that a vegan diet is the best diet. And coming from someone who was like, they're both vegan, like they both have built their careers on vegan diets and just like plant-based diets and all that stuff. I was shook and I was like, okay, wait, because I had just been talking about this in therapy about how, you know, I do find myself attaching my identity to things and clinging on to things for like safety and comfort and kind of like a guarantee of, you know, knowing like, okay, I can just check that off. And it's like my safe space. And I realized in that moment, I really do believe like that because I follow a vegan diet or a plant-based diet, I will never get any of these diseases that people have. Even when I was pregnant, I had this like, I almost felt like infallible or like immune to anything. Like I was like, I'm going to have the most healthy pregnancy. And I was telling my therapist this and I was kind of saying it like it was a bad thing. He's like, well, don't get me wrong. I would much rather you believe you're never going to have cancer and believe that you're never going to get these sicknesses than believe that you will. But it's like the attachment to the idea that, you know, maybe let's look into that a little bit. And so that was something that I'd never expected to like have shaken up is that like, I thought I was going to be vegan for the rest of my life. And to other people, it's really not a big deal. Like for me to add meat back into my day or dairy, it's like, who cares besides me? But for me, food has always been like very personal. And I've always personally had an up and down relationship with it. As I've talked about on this podcast before, like in earlier episodes, I've gone over my you know history with disordered eating and all that stuff. But yeah, I just have so many thoughts. So I don't want to like, you know, just word vomit the whole time. So feel free to jump in. I'll interject. <laughs> um, I, I know I'm interested in all of this. Though. Yeah. So I remember like thinking about it too and almost feeling s- scared about not being vegan anymore. And I would listen to a couple other people who would, who were talking about like just good quality foods. And then I really took a look at my current diet And I realized that my pretty much veganism had been something that was like boosting my confidence. It did boost my confidence because at the beginning, it is something that's, you know, you set your mind to it and you it's harder to do if that's not your regular diet. So it was something like we always say, if you do some if you set out to do something and you like you do it, you accomplish it. Exactly. Then that's going to boost your confidence. It's going to make you feel more self-assured. And I really don't have like negative things to say about being vegan. It's not even necessarily like being vegan sucks at all. Like I still would say I'm like 80% plant-based and it was nothing but great. I'm not like I was deteriorating. Yeah, I needed protein, not anything like that. After a while, I just felt like I was looking at it. I was like too comfortable and it wasn't like the challenge that it used to be. And I stopped I realized I stopped even looking to learn about diet, nutrition, and wellness, which is something I loved. Like, I felt like I had become stagnant in that area. Something that I used to love and look into and felt like it was like a passion of mine, I felt like had gone away where it was like, I just stopped. I just felt stagnant. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Didn't you say that also you felt like veganism has changed so much in like the world? 100%. And you can so easily, I might be speaking from, I might, I'm not really speaking from experience, so for, like, forgive yeah. me if I'm not, or you can correct me, but I feel like when you became vegan, it was more, it wasn't trendy. Like, I didn't even know what that was. I remember when you were saying, I'm going to become vegan eight years ago. I was like, what even, what does that mean? You eat meat? Like, I didn't really even yeah. know. And, and it became very trendy over the like next five, six years. But I feel like back then, there weren't all of these vegan treats and unhealthy vegan fast food to where it was like you probably had no choice but to be healthy when you're vegan. Exactly. And then as it evolved, I feel like there's so much stuff that's vegan, but it doesn't mean it's healthy. Yes. For you. 100%. That's something that I think I've seen also. Maybe this, you know, the algorithm's just reading my mind, but I've also seen so many people I follow or know that were vegan who were doing, like, were having the same thoughts as me at the same time about like adding, you know, non plant based or non vegan foods back into their diet. And I was like, this is so weird that all of us have been doing this for so long. And now we're like second guessing it. And I think this, I think it's the same thing. It's like you just said, 
When I became vegan, literally, you could not get vegan food at any restaurant besides a salad or fries. There was never like impossible burgers. There was never any, you know, super vegan processed. chicken sandwich. Yes, yeah. there was never any processed vegan food, really. Unless you went to like a super, you know, specific store or grocery store or something. But I was making food at home all the time. It really was like a whole food plant-based diet when I started. And not that you even need, like, I'm like, I need to go back to a perfect diet by any means. Because that's a whole nother thing is like, you don't need to be constantly searching for the perfect diet. But now it's, I think just, it's been so commercialized and people now realize they can make money off of, you know, vegans. And I don't think they have bad intentions at all. Like people who, you know, make these vegan foods that are processed and maybe aren't even necessarily healthy for you. But as a vegan, it's like a slippery slope. You literally start, I realize for myself, again, I'm just speaking for myself. I would be so excited that there was an Impossible Burger at a restaurant. So of course I would get it. And then all of a sudden I'm like eating vegan fast food more than I'm eating like home cooked meals. And I'm like, what is happening? This is not the the reason that you started to be vegan was to live like a healthy food diet. At this point I've lost that. So why am I even doing this anymore? Yes, exactly. So I had to like really look at all of the reasons that I was doing this and how I could still kind of hold true to like my you know, my values and my priorities and still go about it in like a sustainable way because I do care about that. And that was another thing. It's like, okay, health-wise, I know I can make better decisions, but even like animal rights-wise and just like better for the earth and stuff. And so I kept looking into it of, of how to have a more sustainable and, and, you know, buy more locally and quality meats and, you know, being very intentional. And I think that, again, I was... I wasn't even being intentional with the food I was eating. And I was eating foods that weren't even sustainable because they were literally like mass produced. When you're eating still vegan. Yes, yeah. exactly. So anyways, it's just very complicated. And and also, it, I feel like it's a very sticky subject. You know, I, I've only felt like love from the vegan community ever. So I'm not like necessarily scared that they're going to come after me. I'm like <laughs> manifesting it. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think just anytime you step out of your comfort zone, which that was my comfort zone, I realized, you know, I had conquered it and it's it became my new comfort zone. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that now. I'm realizing like it was very necessary for me to kind of look into it. But I don't know. It, I just was kind of thinking at first I was really frustrated with myself that I was like, why is this always just me and food? Just always this up and down relationship of like, what's the best diet? And then I was like, wait, am I just trying to find like the perfect diet again by not being vegan. I'm just following these trends. Like, what am I looking for in a diet? Like, what am I, and not, and I'm not talking like diet with a purpose of like losing weight or looking good. I'm just saying everyone eats a diet. Like right. whatever you whatever eat is you a eat. diet. That's what I'm talking about. Like I was just on this adventure to find the perfect diet and perfection just doesn't exist. And so I'm just really learning more and more as I get older, what a balanced diet actually looks like to me. And I think it changes every day. Uh, every meal. But I think sometimes you think of balanced or I think of balanced as half good, half bad. Balanced diet is like a cookie and a salad. Like, but I don't think that's what it is. I think balance to me is acceptance and choosing the best option available. I think that's a mixture. You know, that's it's not necessarily like, okay, if you're, if you have a balanced lifestyle, you do bad things half the time and good things half the time. Like you go out and party super late and you don't get any sleep and you wake up and you're like, well, I'm just living a balanced diet because now I'm going to eat healthy. That's a cycle. That's a very vicious cycle that I've found myself in. It's not balance. Like balance is always, acceptance is also not like just what I'll just accept whatever I get, but more so choosing the best option available at a certain time, at a certain meal, at a certain restaurant, wherever you're at, and not trying to control everything. I think to that point also, when I see a lot of talk about people doing things to like deserve food or treats, like, oh, I ate really healthy. So now I deserve this treat. And I feel like the script needs to literally be flipped because I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but it's like things that are not healthy or not nutritious, like we should never be thinking, oh, I finally deserve to eat that. Mm -hmm. Like to eat this junk, what you deserve is to like fill your body with nutrients and treat your body with respect and whatever that looks like to you specifically. It's not a one size fits all. 
but it's like what you deserve is health and happiness. So I feel like it's so twisted. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can eat healthy and then I finally deserve my like junk food. It's like, what? Shouldn't it be the opposite? Like you don't deserve bad things. Yes. I guess okay, no, I shouldn't definitely. say bad because that's another <laughs> yeah. bad thing that people don't like. But bad evil foods. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. No, 100%. It, it's all about the mindset. And it, it's very, especially for women, like we just have to support each other because it's so hard to figure out your relationship with food and your body and exercise and wellness. It's like everyone is just trying their best to do what's best for them. So yes, some people have like more what you would call, not you, but like not you, JC, but just people in general would maybe call more toxic of a mindset, but they're just trying, like they're on their way. They're on their journey. And maybe someone's really far along. Maybe someone's just at the beginning, you know, don't judge your mom for, or your grandma who eats the one almonds kind of thing. Like, you know, I wanted to talk about almond moms. Well, I just in general wanted to like touch on that, that I think it runs so rampant just body issues and thoughts about food and obsessing over things like this with women Mm -hmm. like yes men probably deal with it here and there but I think for women it is just so we can't catch a break first of all like I think it's always been this way but with social media still it feels like no matter what you're gonna get shamed for stuff like two we've talked about this concept you have too small of boobs, shamed. You have saggy boobs, shamed. It's like basically, like, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah. You get a boob job, shamed because that's fake. And it's just, it's like, I feel like this is the wrong mentality to have, especially because for the most part, it's it's other women doing, yeah. doing the judging. And it's like, we're all on the same team. We all just want to live happy, healthy lives. It looks different for everyone, but there's no need to be judging everyone and how they eat. And like, even to your point of, oh, I hope the vegan community doesn't come after me. It's like, well, I hope so too. But also it's none of their business. Mm -hmm. Like it's no one's business how you eat. It's no one's business what diet you follow, what you want to do with your life and your body. It's just literally, it doesn't matter. That's why it drives me nuts when I see things like that on TikTok of people being like, well, you should actually do this and this and this. I'm just like, stop. Yeah. Let people do what they want to do. And there's so many, again, it's so complex. Like it's so personal with every single person. Everyone lives such a different life. And you have such different opinions, preferences. You come from different places in the world. Like your body literally has different genetics. There's so many different things that go into it. So what you do will never work for somebody else exactly. You can maybe have, and I think something that I'm grateful for within my like my personal health and wellness journey, because I've done so many things within that space. And I feel like there are, you know, health hacks, I guess, quote unquote, that I've tried out. And I don't think there's anything inherently bad about any of them. It's like intermittent fasting or veganism, for example, or like any of these little diets, or I'm trying to think of like some other ones, any kind of diet or trick or like, oh, even literally even cycle syncing, things like that. It's like, I've experimented with a lot of different things and I don't think you have to attach yourself to one for the rest of your life, especially as women, like we're such flowing creatures. But I also don't think they need to be inherently bad where once you're like, wait, no, that's wrong. Like if you do that, that's toxic, blah, blah, blah. Again, everyone's on their own journey. You can use these as little tools that you put in your tool belt. And if you need to use one at a certain time in your life, great, use it and see if it works out for you best. You know your body. I think that's something really important to remember and that I've been trying to really focus on as I'm like kind of, you know, eating new things and trying not to be restrictive, but also making sure I still feel good. Cause that's another thing. It's like, okay, don't be restrictive. Just let yourself eat whatever you want. Like, okay, well, what if I want something super greasy at night and then I go to bed and I feel horrible the next morning? Like genuinely it ruins my day the next day. Cause it like made you feel sick, makes me, my body literally shut down. That's not really something I want to be doing again. So, but you have to take the shame out of it. You have to just accept, notice, and bring awareness to these things and move forward with that knowledge. And again, just choosing the best option available. We, we've got to stop like uh, shaming ourselves for every little thing that we do wrong and every little thing that we try that doesn't work. And like, oh, I gained weight. I lost weight. Oh, this. It's like, we're just trying our best. Yes. <laughs> you, you do you, girl. It's exhausting being a woman in yeah. this society. 
uh, I made a TikTok on my spam account. I was like, please comment things oh, yeah. about diet culture, anti-diet culture, just your thoughts. And this girl commented and she was just saying how she feels like TikTok has been so bad for her because of all the contradicting opinions and diets, especially if you are in that stage where you're like trying to figure out what's quote unquote right for you. Mm -hmm. Seeing all that information is so overwhelming. And I couldn't agree more. Like I think that, and I'm not saying get off TikTok if you're struggling with this, but like I feel like there's just so many conflicting thoughts on these platforms and so many different creators who believe complete, you know, fitness creators or whatever, who follow different diets, who are going to tell you different things. And even the concept of saying, oh, it's toxic to do this. Okay. To you, maybe it is, mm -hmm. but to someone else, it's actually not like that's it what could I work. It could work for them. And so I think that's important to remember too. It's like, just because something doesn't work for you does not make it toxic for the rest of the world. Like, yeah. oh, when I tried to do you know, not eating as much sugar. That's so toxic to have that mentality. It's like, well, maybe for some people, that's not a toxic mentality and it works perfectly fine for them. Exactly. And they feel no guilt or shame because they didn't grow up the same way you did or whatever it is. So again, it's just like not judging anyone and just doing whatever works for you, which can be hard when you're surrounded by so much noise. Mm -hmm. You have to like cancel out the noise and listen to yourself and ask yourself, what are my goals here? Why am I doing the things I'm doing? Like, what results am I trying to see and why? Yes. And digging into, it's all so much deeper rooted than like food. Exactly. It's so much deeper. I actually like, on the contrary of what we said at the beginning, like not believing what we said five years ago, sometimes I'll go back and read even like, I wrote this book, Planted About, Plant-Based Diet. And I go back and I was reading some of it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much wisdom in it that I literally have forgotten and I haven't even like followed because it wasn't even necessarily you got to be vegan, like blah, blah, blah. But just what I, I was like saying something about how I had overcomplicated food my whole life because I'd overcomplicated love. And that's what food is. It's like, it's love. It can be service. It can be all these like amazing, beautiful things. And it has been for so long, such a huge part of our lives. And I've overcomplicated it so much. And I was realizing like, I still do that sometimes and that's okay. Different times in my life. Again, when I've, especially when I feel like I've become stagnant and I've kind of closed myself off. And I think when I am open and I'm accepting and I stop shaming myself and I'm understanding, it's so much easier for me to not complicate it. It's so much easier for me to see things clearly and each mealtime is so much easier and it's not complicated and there's no feelings afterwards of like guilt or, you know, trying to make up for something. And it's just so much more seamless and it feels more like a beautiful act of eating and sh and cooking and, and these things. It becomes more beautiful and like more rich literally than, I don't know, when I'm like, <laughs> what am I eating? Okay, I got to see how many calories this is, blah, blah, blah. And I haven't done that in a long time. And I also don't want to give veganism a bad name that it's like that's caused anything, you know, by any means. I literally learned so much and I literally have really nothing bad to say about eating a vegan diet besides just what my own personal journey with it was. I don't want people to now be like, well, everyone now that eats vegan, like, they get, want it to guarantee they think they're like so special because, you know, whatever. That's, I'm literally just only speaking from my personal experiences. But I also think for me, again, like kind of going, and some of you may feel the same way. It's so interesting to realize this is something I got to break down. I had to break down in therapy as well is like, it's possible for me to exist in a gray area. Like I loved having harsh lines of like, like what I can't, yeah. And like what I can and can't do. And I think that was based in fear. And I don't think it was at the beginning, but I think like later on, it was based in fear of like, if I didn't draw such harsh lines, I would not be able to control myself. And I would like, you know, then what, what if, and I can control myself. And so going into the gray area, like learning new cooking techniques, eating new foods, not knowing how I'm going to feel after a meal. Like that is a different experience for me, but I think it's good for me to kind of get myself out of my comfort zone and challenge myself. And it's like challenging my self-love journey, I think, in a weird way. Maybe this makes no sense to people because I really feel like I confuse myself when I think about it. But I also wanted to wait a while to talk about this because it's been something that's been going on for like, I don't know, a while. 
and, until I kind of had them, my thoughts more just knew what I actually thought about it. And so hopefully it makes sense to you guys, but. I think it does. Wait, can we talk about almond moms really fast? Yes. A lot of people asked <laughs> if we could talk about that. We have a friend actually who her mom always like commented on her body. She would always tell her like, you're so tiny. You're so whatever, petite. You're so skinny. And then now that she's older, she's at like a very normal and healthy weight. And she was saying how her mom like never makes comments like that anymore. Like, and how it's kind of effed with her mind because she's like, okay, clearly my mom doesn't think I'm like tiny or small anymore. Mm. And it's just this deep rooted thing. I think that's actually very, very common. And especially, so this is something that- Like, yeah, I was prepubescent. Exactly. It's like <laughs> I was 17. Yeah. Of course, you know. But the thing is, is that like, I think sometimes people sharing the sentiment of them being too skinny or too small isn't always received well because like, that's what's glorified in our society. So mm -hmm. I think that when people, they just don't feel bad for you. If you're yeah. like, I've just been so skinny and people are always telling me eat a cheeseburger. They're like, okay. Like, yeah, I would love to eat a cheeseburger. That, you know what I mean? I think yeah, that's they the get, common that's consensus. But I really think that it, I understand that, by the way. I understand that that's what's glorified in our society. But that is also a real feeling. And I don't think that we should shut people down for like, sharing their experience and saying like, I grew up and I was always really small and like I got made fun of. And I can relate to that on a small level because I always felt very like, I always had a petite frame and I never had any boobs or curves. And people would make comments to me and I remember just feeling like I was not a woman, like mm -hmm. at all. In high school, even in college, I was like, I'm literally just like, I don't have any curves. And I'm not saying, oh, boo-hoo, poor me. I don't need any pity for that. But I also think like that's still valid. a valid feeling to be like, oh, I literally feel like less that of a woman than my friends who have curves or something. And again, everyone's struggling with their own thing. But I think to like dismiss that struggle is also not cool. Like we yeah. have to understand that everyone has their own experience with body issues and they don't all look the same. That being said, I do understand the point that, that people make. Yeah. But I just think that a lot of people, specifically our age, have gone through the experience of having... If you guys don't know what an almond bomb is, it's essentially like... <laughs> Such a bizarre name. It's so funny because it's like... Okay, I literally looked up the definition. Please, it has a photo of Urban Yolanda Dictionary. Hadid. <gasps> but it, oh, almond, she's the ultimate. An almond mom is a person who is usually stuck in diet culture... Likely grew up hearing phrases such as a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, and you're not hungry, you're bored. The e almond mom phenomenon is rooted in fat phobia and, and internalized bias. Basically, it's like a parent, but it's most of the time a mom who just like pushes like diets and fitness onto their kids, like under kind of the guise of health and mm -hmm. wellness and being like, essentially their biggest fear is- Their kid being fat. Yeah, is themselves gaining weight, anyone in their family gaining weight. So I think that that was very rampant in our like our parents' generation. Yeah. Because I know so many parents who are so just obsessed still with diets. Yes. It's like constantly like, well, I'm going to go on this diet now. We're going to try out this. And it's like, I just. It's a disaster. Like can't. the health and wellness of it all is a disaster. It's like they are, that generation specifically was taught and like, being skinny was so glorified, even more than it is today. And that's all they saw. They only saw magazines. They only saw TVs. They never saw people like that looked normal, like were in a normal weight. And even, even there are classic photos of celebrities that people like, like of Jessica Simpson. She talks about it in her book where yes. it's like, she's huge. She's literally normal. Yes. No, it's so it's bad. It's so problematic. It's Do like, you guys remember when we were little, like going in the grocery store and standing in line and like the headlines on like People magazine or like whatever magazines they were? So bad. Like, look at her after she had her baby. Yikes. Jiggle in the ocean. Just oh my like, gosh. So toxic. So bad. And comparing women as well. That's the other thing. It's always comparing. Like women are always comparing themselves to other women. They're always comparing other women to other women. Yes. And that's why it becomes such a disaster because everybody's so stressed out about looking good, looking their best, which by the way, they'll never like 
most of the time you'll never, you'll never even succeed. achieve it. Yeah, because it's it's, it's just, unattainable. It's literally not possible because even if you look so, you know, great to everybody else and you look beautiful, you will never believe it if you are still striving for perfection because perfection quite literally does not exist. Well, that was another thing that people mentioned is they were like when I was getting the most compliments and when people were just saying I looked so good was in the depths of my eating mm-hmm. disorder. And I think that's very important to remember. Yeah. And that's why, honestly, I try so hard. Like, and, and sometimes I'll feel, the, I'll feel the desire. And sometimes I probably still, I do. Yeah. But I try so hard not to ever comment on someone's body. I would never comment bad, but I try not to even tell people around me, like, you look so good. Yeah. If they're like working out a lot or something. Yes, I want to recognize their hard work, but also I want them to know that that's not important to me. Like, exactly, like, yeah. I love that you're a hardworking person, but like the way you look doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I feel like the more emphasis on like, you look so good. You look so snatched. You just had a baby. Like, it's like, yeah. that's not, I just feel like we shouldn't be focusing on how people look like weight wise. No. Like you could say, oh my gosh, your makeup looks slay. Like you look so beautiful. But I'm yeah. saying when people literally are like, how are you that tiny after you yes. had a baby? It's just like, don't, why are no. we talking about that? No. It's so I, unimportant. It is. And it's not, I even told JC about this. And again, it's like, the, 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 this complaint seems so out of touch, but it's like, whenever, when I was so sick and I was pregnant, I would, I could not eat anything. So of course I didn't gain weight like the first like two trimesters. And I got so many like messages or comments like, oh my gosh, like you look, I would not be able to tell like you're pregnant. You look so great, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm literally can't even eat anything. And you're like miserable. miserable I'm like, I would literally rather be able to gain healthy weight right now because first of all, it makes me feel like, like I'm having a healthy pregnancy. Second of all, I'm like, I hate being sick. This is, I've never had a more miserable experience in my life of being sick. And then again, in the third trimester, when I was like able to eat again, the comments started to slow down. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, wait, the comments stopped. It's like, you literally, so bad. you get so, all of a sudden you're aware that people are noticing things about you. And so, yeah, it is. It's hard. It's like, no one ever means anything bad by a compliment. No, They always mean not. to like help you and boost you up. But I think encouragement is better than a compliment sometimes it, when it comes to body image. Like like you're saying, if someone is, they, they are going to the gym a lot, you've noticed like they've really been sticking to their goals. It's like, oh my gosh, that's awesome that you've been like sticking to your goals and going every, you know, week to this class or whatever it is. And being like, I knew that you could do it. Yeah. That is so much better than being like, your work is paid off with those abs, honey. Yeah. It's like, you know, again, y- you can... You're allowed to love your body and you're allowed to, you know, compliment yourself and others. That's not what I'm saying. And again, I still like catch myself saying stuff like that. It's not like I'm just the epitome of I'm Gandhi. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to paint that picture. I'm just saying, like, I have tried to make a very a conscious Mm -hmm. effort because it's something that I notice I will go to do. Like, I literally if my friend has like just been working out or something, it is on my mind to be like, you look so good. And I'm like, I just don't. I want them to know I think they look great, but I just also don't want them to think that that's... If they stop working yes. out and then they look then the a little different. Then the comments are going to stop. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is the photo of Jessica Simpson. <gasps> she literally looks stunning. Jail. Jail time. Jail. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm so sorry. She that's going to be a gorgeous. federal crime. <laughs> federal prison for everyone who had anything to say about this queen. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Ugh, I can't imagine being a celebrity and being scrutinized for that 24-7. No, absolutely not. People also, you're like a size four. They're like plus size model. It's just ridiculous. Okay, guys. Guess what Chelsea got me for Christmas? She got me this beautiful gold bracelet that has a little diamond letter. It's a J for JC. Jenner, of course. I have got you a a C (laughs) for Chelsea. Um, But I have not taken it off since she got it for me. It's literally been on my wrist for two months now. And I love it so much. It's so dainty and pretty and just perfect for every day. And it is from Missouri. Missouri is one of the best jewelry brands. Like, I love it so much. They have so many good, like, staple pieces and also some fun pieces in there too. And most people, you know, you think about buying jewelry for occasions only. 
But Missouri does fine jewelry differently by celebrating every day, not just the big moments. They have high quality pieces that are designed for you to wear your way, whatever your taste, mood, or budget. They have tons and tons of different options. They have great pieces for layering. One of my favorite necklaces is Missouri, and it's just like the perfect length. And then I'll layer other necklaces with it, but it's just the best staple. Actually, the reason I got you a bracelet specifically from Missouri is because I have a couple bracelets um, also from Missouri, and they have lasted so well, and I wear them all the time, and I never take them off. And one thing that is so great about this jewelry is that you can wear it literally to the gym or Pilates, like have a cute bracelet on. And then you can also wear it with a really nice dress. When you get dressed up, it, it goes through, you know, all different types of outfits. It just elevates your look, your everyday look, special occasion looks, everything there for you. Missouri drops new limited edition products every Monday. They feature responsibly sourced diamonds and recycled 14K solid gold pieces that you can sweat, shower, and sleep in. So discover fairly priced and expertly handcrafted styles to wear and love forever on Missouri's site. If you're looking for a sign to buy yourself the diamond or gold hoops, bracelet, or necklace, then this is it. Make your own day and go to Missouri.com. That is M-E-J-U-R-I.com. That's Missouri.com. Go check it out. Well, here are some things that people commented when I said like they share their thoughts on diet culture and stuff. This broke my heart and I feel like it's so relatable. This girl said, I've lived my entire life feeling like I need to diet. I remember dieting before every prom and doing keto one year leading up to prom all while playing varsity sports and burning hundreds and hundreds of calories daily. I'm 22 and this is literally the first time I've felt appreciative and more accepting of my body than I ever have. I'm not sure what's changed. Still not perfect, but somehow I can look at my body without feeling shame now, which feels nice. Aww. That is such... going to make me cry. That is such a common thing though, like literally dieting in high school. Yes. That's when I started oh, like literally gosh. running after okay. swim practice. Okay, this I want to talk about because I want to get your thoughts about like good and bad food. Okay. That's a huge conversation yeah someone commented and was like the biggest thing is not moralizing food apples are not better than cookies they serve different purposes mm. I'm like okay yeah I've heard that I get that but I don't know what do you think I mean I get the sentiment that it's not evil or like eating that is not going to make you an evil person by any means I also yeah that's the sticky well, I, situation I don't think it because does us any favors to like live in delusion that certain things are like okay yes it's not good and bad but like nutritious nutritionally wise yeah. yes they are different and it has no nutritional benefits so why are we pretending like it's yes. good you know what I'm saying that's the thing that I was actually listening to a podcast Jay Shetty had I think his name, name's Mark Hyman he's like a brain surgeon or something and he talked he was talking all about diet actually and like just nutrition and this the reason that I was saying like I felt stagnant going back to this is like I actually feel very passionate about like nutrition and wellness and things like that. I've always been so intrigued by it. And that's why I think I overcomplicated it because I like attach to it and all this stuff. But the the concept is actually, it's real. There's science to it. Like that what you eat directly affects your longevity, how you feel, how you present yourself into this, in this world, how your brain works, how your body works. Like there's so many things. It's like literally science. So yeah, to be like, no, it's all the same calories wise. The, the calories is not the most important thing by right. any means. I get not calling food when you eat when you eat something that maybe is not as nutritious, like um, a really processed food that is super oily and has a lot of sugar. I get not being like, I'm an evil person. I'm a bad, bad person for doing that. 100%, you should not feel like that. However, noticing and bringing awareness, like I don't feel great after that. Like, do I want to do it again soon? Probably not just because I want to treat myself right. So yeah, it's a little sticky situation. No, but that's I think- a tactful way to say what I <laughs> yeah, just said. Yeah. So I, I agree completely. I just think mm-hmm. it's like sometimes, again, the pendulum swings so far in each direction, like on TikTok. And I feel like sometimes it gets to a point where you can't even say I've no joke was like, yes, I no joke was scared to even say the word healthy. I'm like, is that yeah. even bad to? And I'm like, no, it can't be because health is a real thing. Yeah. And like, there are foods that are unhealthy for you. Foods that are processed and have literal chemicals and red 40 exactly. in it. Why do we have to pretend it's not bad? It's not bad. No, it is. It's not good for you. Like, yeah. We don't have to pretend that that's healthy. Yeah. And I think the thing is too, there are marketing ploys in 
place and there are people making lots of money from these foods and they're not thinking, oh, what is going to make this person feels great tomorrow? They're thinking, how am I going to get this customer to come back and buy more of this and keep buying more of this? That's what they're thinking about most of the time. I mean, not everybody, but so to be like, it's all the same. No, like a local farmer who's taken their time, who takes care of their animals, who harvest their food organically and all this stuff. It's like, you need to pay attention to what you eat if you want to feel a certain way. That's just the science of it, but you don't have to bring so much emotion into it. And that's why women have such a problem with food because we we do find, we do sometimes overcomplicate, overthink things. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say women. Me, I do that. No, very Um, very true and relatable for sure. um, So did you have more? Um, No, I just wanted to talk about that because that was like, just a comment. I see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Also, we want to say if you do feel, because I still get messages from girls who like listen back to our first episodes, like my eating disorder episodes specifically, who message me and be like, thank you so much. Like I didn't realize I had, you know, an issue that I could fix. And so if you do feel like food is so complicated for you, if you're feeling stressed out about the dieting and stuff, like, there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Like you will, you know, figure out what is working for you. You'll find like a balanced way to live your life and it's there. And yes, it's not going to be a perfect uphill battle as I'm saying, but even I've net, like, I still don't go back to how I was like 10 years ago. It's just like an, it's like a five steps forward, one step back. And maybe it's different for everybody. And, you know, but that's how my personal journey has been. So I can say with encouragement, like, it doesn't always have to be like that. So tell your doctor, tell your mom, tell your friend, like go to therapy, get help for it because it will literally change your life. And you might not even realize that it's something that's really holding you back from living your best life. I know that's happened to me a million times where I'm like, I was thinking about how I used to think about food all the time. And I literally could not stop thinking about my next meal and, and was that it was so much full of shame and guilt and just like, repetitive, you know, vicious cycles. And I don't live like that anymore. And I know tons of people who've also recovered and, you know, can talk about it and and get to a good place where they, you know, are learning and it's never going to be perfect, but it's going to be filled with a lot of joy. So just to give you some hope there, if you are kind of feeling like you're in the trenches right now with your relationship with food, body, exercise, anything like that, I believe in you. We believe in you. So you can do it. Yes. I did want to also speak to my personal experience lately. I talked about this a little on my spam account on TikTok of I've just been struggling with like some skin issues and having like some cystic acne and stuff. And I've found myself lately. Can I ask what cystic acne means? It's like, like how is that different from like hormonal acne? You know, I'm not exactly sure. Cystic for me what I've thought cystic acne to be is like deep under the skin mm. pimples. It might be the same as hormonal. Yeah, basically deep under the skin. I don't know if it's gotcha. if it's like synonymous with hormonal or if they're all connected. I'm not sure. But it's like sometimes they never even come to a head. They're just like very painful. And anyway, and I've had this on and off. Like I'll go through months where I'm like, oh, my skin's actually good. And then it'll just like come right back and be like bad for a month and then be good again. And then bad for four months. Like I've just had weird skin issues for the past few years. And I'm in kind of a, a moment right now where it's like the worst it's been in a while. And I have found myself like I listened to this podcast about acne and they were talking about like things that you eat that can like trigger it and stuff. And it was like eggs and like telling all these things, peanuts and whatever else. And again, that's, those are great tools and that's very good to know. And I think it's helpful, but I've caught myself literally being like restrictive and living this, like, like annoying myself almost where I'm like, you know, we're going to go out to get ice cream. And I'm like, Oh, I can't eat any because I just don't want to get more acne. Yeah. And I was like craving in and out the other day. And I was like, Oh, I just feel like it'll be bad. Cause it's like greasy. And again, there's, two sides to that where, yeah, I, honestly, I probably wouldn't have even felt that great from in and out And I hadn't been eating like super healthy that week. So that was fine that I didn't get it. It's like, it's not the end of the world. But I think when you're starting to feel those like restrictive thoughts, it's like not a good pattern to get into. So I've been trying to be like very cautious of just slipping into like essentially restricting my, my diet, but also trying to make like healthy choices for the sake of me, my health, my skin. 
But that's like a whole other uh, thing that a lot of people are like, no, this is very real. Like people will develop full on eating disorders from like they're having acne and they just like get scared to eat anything. They're mm-hmm. like, well, could this be triggering? Could this? And then they just don't eat or they eat so little and they're not. And then you're causing your body stress. And it's like this whole yeah. other freaking thing. So I'm complex. telling you. Ugh, so <laughs> anyway. So frustrating. Yes. So that's something that I'm trying to be aware of. But also I'm proud of myself today because I ate like this sounds dumb, but I ate like meals at the right time. Like I woke up and I made myself a good breakfast and then I ate a good lunch and I actually did not eat a good dinner. I kind of only ate snacks, but I'm going to eat something when I get home from this podcast. And I was thinking I felt so good and like sustained today. And I feel like sometimes I literally get in my head about, yeah, just like I'll be hungry, but I'm trying to hurry. But I'm like, but that's going to give me acne. So mm-hmm. then I'm just like, oh, I just like I'll find something when I get home and then I'm starving and I'm just like, this is not the vibe. Like yeah. I should just eat something. So yeah, that's my current sitch. And also I think we have to give ourselves like more credit because it's not just us. Like we are trying to, I don't know what the correct word is, but like assimilate mm-hmm. <laughs> with our ecosystems. Like the places we live, where like what food is available to us has such a huge impact as well. It's like our environment, literally the air we breathe, everything. It's so complex. So if you're like feeling frustrated, it's so normal, normal, because there's so many things that affects it. And you're just trying to like live your best life in the world. Yes. You know, something else I wanted to touch on is the fact that a lot of times what you're seeing, people's body types, it's genetics. Yeah. It's literally genetics. And that needs to be like very clear to a lot of people. I think that it's hard when we live in a time and a world where people are getting BBLs and like, it's quite literally, they can shapeshift their body and they look like they have a different body type than they did when they were, you know, born. But someone actually commented, It's a constant struggle between idolizing being skinny and shaming curvy girls or idolizing curvy girls and shaming skinny girls. 10 years ago, having a fat ass was the biggest insult you could get. And now people will do anything for a man to tell them that they have a fat ass. The constant swing of the body image pendulum is is insane. And I'm sure in five years, it'll change again. You're either too skinny or too fat. You cannot win. No. It's true. And that's what I was saying. I'm like, women just can't win. So you have to like embrace your natural body type and just live a healthy life fulfilling lifestyle like that is the literal only solution yes and remember that what like your body looks like is literally the least interesting thing about you it's literally so unimportant and it's have you seen johnny lingo no it's like it's i don't even know what the movie is it actually feels like a fever dream but it's about this like um just has nothing to do with body (laughs) she's like great movie here's the whole plot i think it's like an lds movie oh my gosh wait you're unlocking memories they're on like i think they're pacific islanders mm-hmm. if i'm correct i don't know what time it is though like i don't know what like if it's in modern time i can't remember because i watched it when i was a little but anyways my point is there's a character on her her name is mohana and she basically like her parents were super mean to her oh they call her like mohana the ugly or like my ugly awesome all the time constantly telling her that so like she like in the movie she like looked quote unquote, ugly, where it's like she didn't take care of herself. Like mm-hmm. her hair is always a mess. And um, she was like known as the town's like ugly person. And then Johnny Lingo, like, tr- <laughs> why am I going to cry about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Not Johnny not, Lingo. Not Johnny Lingo. Not, not what I'm about to say, too. You're going to die. Literally, Johnny, I think, brings. So I think in this movie, they trade cows for wives. Cows for wives. Like, okay, okay, I'll get to the father. I'll I'll give you a cow for your wife. Like, and so I think a really beautiful woman would be like five cows. And he brings seven cows for Moana. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) But I literally was not planning on crying about this. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that's literally so beautiful that he gave, he gave the dad seven cows. The dad's like, are you sure? Like for my daughter. But then it like, Flash forwards and Hannah like comes out of the like their house or something. And it's been a while. And like Johnny just treats her so well that she's she's, like like, glowing. She's gorgeous. But it's the same girl, like the same actress, everything. And it just goes to show it doesn't literally matter what you look like. It's like how you 
I mean, that's a reflection. I'm like, you need a man. <laughs> cool. It's like no. it's how a man treats you and he gives you your worth. No, but it's like how you talk to yourself yes. is what I'm trying to say. Like how you hold yourself, how you treat and tell yourself. If you're constantly telling yourself in the mirror, I'm fat and ugly and stupid and not worth anything or I'm too skinny, I'm too this, I'm whatever. That's what you're going to start believing and you're going to, it's going to really affect the way that you go about your life. It's really yes. going to affect you. Every area of your life. It affects life. how you like move in the world. Like literally the choices you make and, and yes. everything like you, when you don't feel as confident. And that's something we talked a lot about with Jessica Janae when she came on a few months ago, which I always like that is such a great it's such a episode, good episode recommendation if you're struggling at all with body image issues. And she talks a lot about how that exact concept. She's like, she'll show side by side photos, weighs the exact same amount in the photos, looks like a different human being yeah. because of literally just how she's carrying herself and how confident she looks in her outfit and the fact that you know now she was saying like I weigh the same but a lot of it's like muscle because she's super into weightlifting but she's just like I don't know she looks gorgeous and it's like before she was still beautiful she just you can tell that she's more insecure and it's just it's very true yeah it's like how it's you like talk to yourself and is nurture everything. the light within you because you have one and if you're like always throwing water on it, trying to like dim it down, talking negatively to yourself, it's not going to shine through. You're literally going to be, you know, feeling so bad about yourself all the time. And you're definitely not going to like expect other people to treat you right either. Right. You're going to you're going to accept the lowest treatment. You're going to accept the worst treatment from people because that's how you treat yourself. I think that in general, this is the last thing I'll say is just kind of harping back on something I said a few episodes ago, like finding exercises that you love and that you enjoy and finding a lifestyle that works for you. And it doesn't have to look the same as anyone else's. Like, st I mean, I know you're literally listening to our podcast right now, but like stop listening to outside advice, honestly. I think sometimes it just gets too noisy mm -hmm. and you need to listen to yourself and do what you want to do. If you want to go on long walks, but you see all these TikTok girlies doing Pilates and you're like, oh, I feel like I have to just go on long walks. Start mm -hmm. with something. If you want to try weightlifting, try that. If you want to, it doesn't matter. Like any way to just live a healthy lifestyle, however that looks for you, like you need to find that within yourself and try experiment with different things. But I think it's like, this is just such a personal relationship and it's a lifelong thing, by the way. That's mm -hmm. why diets don't really work because you don't have longevity. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to, at the end of the day, find a lifestyle that you enjoy that's sustainable. Yeah. To live happy, fulfilling, all of that. Life. Yeah. And just take it day by day, meal by meal. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about what you ate last meal. Don't worry about what you're going to eat the next meal. Like just focus on one meal and choose the best option available for you. And your best looks different every day. It looks, it looks different all the time. And that's why I love that phrase. My dad always says that to me, like, just choose the best option available because it's it's going to look so different for everybody. I wanted to say like what personally, again, I'm like, you should listen to what I do. But <laughs> personally for me, what works best for me is like what I've found through all of this, you know, throughout my journey is number one, seeking to learn and being open always and not closing myself off to anything or, you know, holding myself to any strenuous just limits. Strict. Yeah. Number two, noticing how my body feels and reacts to things without judgment. Not saying, you know, oh, that's just, you know, inherently good or bad, anything like that. Just bringing awareness. And number three, making sure I'm taking care of all aspects of my health, not just my food and exercise, because that's not the key. I think sometimes we can think that that's going to fix everything as if we eat good and are exercising. But there's so many different things that go into it. And again, I don't want to overwhelm you by any means. It should feel more like freeing and you encouraging. encouraging to look into, you know, just getting more sleep, taking care of yourself in different aspects, journaling more. Maybe if you if you're feeling overwhelmed, doing a face mask can literally make your day better. You know, little things like that. Talking nicer to yourself, talking nicer to other people, serving other people, making sure that you're feeling, you know, like you're you're fulfilling your purpose in this life. There are so many different things to look into. Um, and a lot of times so don't I, stress. I feel like if you are unhappy 
in other areas and you're struggling a lot in other areas, it will show up as like trying to control mm-hmm. the food, becoming obsessive with food 1, and exercise. 1,000%. That you're gonna, if it's not food and exercise, it's another vice. Everyone has that vice that they obsess over, that they can't seem to like Shake. fix their relationship with. So maybe it's not food or exercise, but I feel like for a lot of women, it becomes that because mm-hmm. it's it's something that they feel like they can see a direct result from mm-hmm. and they think it's going to fix their life. It's not. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Just horrible vibes. Horrible ending. <laughs> Just doomsday. <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Please leave like your thoughts on our latest Instagram post if you guys want to have like a discussion about it or DM us. We love to connect and chat with you guys. Uh, we have a lot of fun, exciting stuff coming up. And I actually feel like literally guilty for doing dun 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 because that was such a bad <laughs> ending. And I want you guys to know how much I love you guys and how I believe in each and every one of you. And I think you're all perfect angel baby queens and you can do whatever you set your mind to. And you're doing your best and that's all that matters. So keep that in mind. Sound off. Go follow our Instagram. It's at what we said podcast. You guys can be involved in all of our story episodes and in lots of stuff we have coming up. We got very cute merch coming out. I already showed a little sneak peek on my YouTube channel. So I feel like we, awesome. can, we can say what it is. We'll talk more about it next week too and the following week. But we're launching on Valentine's Day, right? Mm-hmm. The cutest pink lounge sets. It's the pink version of the blue ones. It's like pajama-y lounge sets. Which by the way, I wear all the freaking time. I wear all the time. Skims who? Yeah. They're so comfy and the pink is the perfect shade of pink. We really popped off with this one. You guys Mm -hmm. are going to love it. It's literally the comfiest, softest material. And yeah, so look out for that as well. It's coming soon. But we love you guys so much. And that's That's what what we we said. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.